one bad is ever truly bad. And no one good is ever truly good. I believe stupidly. You can be whatever you want to be. Even someone good. Bonus episode. There's already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. WandaVision. Hello, this is Randall Park, and you are listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Hey, welcome to uh, another bonus episode of Loki, and in this episode, I am joined by Jake, of course. Yeah, how's it going, guys? We've got Joe from Starcast. Hey, happy to be here. And Hey, Joe, happy to have you. <laughs> Sorry. I, I swear I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> it would be so much more obnoxious if I did it on purpose, I promise. I know. <laughs> um, uh, we're also joined by Ashley Deriveter. Welcome back, Ashley. Oh, my gosh. The mute button. Hello. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back. Five seconds later. What's up, everybody? Yeah, I'm super, uh, super excited. And K-Hottie. Welcome, k Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm super excited to talk to you guys about the penultimate episode of Loki. This is the fifth episode in the series, and it is titled Journey into Mystery, and that is the name, also the name of the comic where Thor first appeared. So it's uh, this episode, just like all the rest, are directed by Kate Heron. It's written here by Tom Kaufman. He's another writer that we've got from Rick and Morty. And so Michael Waldron, the showrunner, brought in uh, Tom Kaufman, I'm assuming. And, uh, yeah, uh, can, let me just be more – and we're going to be spoiling this episode. But before – can we can we kind of agree that, like, those little – those weird little bird creatures with the floating heads probably came from the mind of Michael Waldron and Tom Kaufman? A hundred percent. Like those little creatures just feel like they would be at home in the Rick and Morty universe, not in this Loki. Uh, like why are, are, were those, hold on. Were those birds already there, Jake, in the void or did someone prune these birds? I think those are products of the void. Those are void birds would be my guess. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like, like, like what, what, what? I agree. You think so too, Kay? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, you can't have something like that going on without out of artifacts. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so bizarre. It made me think of like uh, 
What were the what were those little fucking birds in the in the uh, the Last Jedi, Jake? Where those porgs? Porgs. Yeah. <laughs> it seems of... like they appear just before the big smoky creature sort of goes on the rampage. So. Yeah, yeah, they they were hopping all around the place. They did eat one, didn't they? In this episode, we saw them cooking one up, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Apparently the dinner choices in the void are, you know, cannibalistic or these weird floating head birds. Or, or whatever the, te- very questionable. or whatever the, <laughs> or the lunch trays that the TVA prune there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's uh, like your extra punishment. Not only do you get pruned, but you get turned into a, like one of these headless birds. You just like wander around. I just kept thinking like, okay, they spent money and time on this design. So they're just going to use it as much as they can like every every time there's a new scene new birds birds destruction birds destruction i was like that's awesome <laughs> it was just such a it's such a bizarre choice to have those birds there but i kind of loved it uh let's see here um yeah we're gonna be diving into this one but first uh let's see here joe have we had you on for a loki episode yeah we have yeah yeah um Kay, we haven't had you on. What's been your experience so far with this Loki series? Are are you enjoying it? Uh, how, how would it rank with the other series? I'm enjoying it a lot. I think it's definitely setting things up for a lot of other series. It's kind of like a pivotal point that everything is sort of channeled into, and then everything will grow out from it again. So, Yeah, yeah. Ashley, how about yourself? Yeah, it's interesting, too. I've kind of had my ups and downs with it. Um, I really am kind of was brought back in these last couple episodes. Like, Owen Wilson has been great. Their interactions between him him and Loki have been some of the best uh, best scenes for me. Um, and uh, Sylvie has really started to grow on me. I'm, I'm interested in this big bad, but I'm also hesitant that it's going to not be as, like, big and crazy as I'm, I don't know. I don't know. It's... It's uh, it's been interesting, but I will say one of my favorite things about it is this kind of like the vintage vibe that it has. It has its own kind of distinction from the other shows. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really enjoying seeing Loki on his like kind of redemption arc and story and all that stuff. So so now I'm back in it. These last, this last episode, I'm, I'm definitely back in it. Oh, God. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever been out of it. It's just I am so like into this series. I do think that if I were to rank the episodes, I think three is definitely my least favorite. Exactly. I think that's where I was like, yeah, it took me a while to get through three. And I was like, why is this happening? <laughs> like, right. And then, this, is a, this is a Loki show. And it, and it lamented right until the end. It's kind of picked up again, but it just like, yeah, I, I think that's what it was for me. So four was like, okay, now we see, now it's picking back up. We see what's happening with the timekeepers, and now we're in the void, and we're getting, we're closer, right? We're really close to what this thing is. And yeah, so, and it's just also really weird, like what they kind of like deem as important and what's not important. Because watching episode two at the end when we're in the rocks cart, and she sends the reset charges to all these different periods in time. I'm thinking like this is going to send everything to the red line. Yeah. And it was basically just used as a distraction and they never and really then glossed over and like, oh, yeah. okay, we're fine now. <laughs> like what you guys, what we didn't, we just see every, like, isn't the red line the worst thing in the world? And you just showed us 15 of them all happening at the same time. Well, they showed the guys at the control station, like they're fucking at NASA and shit yeah. and they're freaking the fuck out. And they're sending all these Minutemen and hunters out there to like, 
you know, God do God knows what. We never saw what they actually did to correct any of this. And it was just, I don't know. It's just crazy that, like, I guess maybe it's us as fans digging so deep into the show that we get caught up in, like, mm-hmm. what they think yeah. are little details. And I guess this can actually go back to WandaVision where people were right. like, who's the engineer? You know, so... um yeah. I don't I thought, know. I just thought the whole thing was to distract, get as many of the agents out of the TVA as possible, so it was easier for her to get in. And and, and that's yeah. the only purpose it had. So. That's that, see, and that's exactly what it was. But as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, no, this is like, this is setting up the multiverse. Like, they're not they're not going to be able yeah, to prune exactly. all this. There's no way they can they can prune all this like this, and. Yeah, I mean... That's the cool part, is that it could have absolutely gone that direction. It's just that, you know, it turns out for the story they were telling, Mm -hmm. that wasn't the big device that they were doing. And and that kind of plays back to some of the theorizing that we got burned on in these other shows, is that, you know, we're going big and bold on our theorizing because it would absolutely work, you know, in the MCU Mm -hmm. storyline at large. And, you know, also, I mean, a lot of these theories that the fan base has come up with, they've been fucking great. Right, right. You know, we've also then each time, I don't want to say we've been let down, but we've been shown to believe that, no, this this show is more encapsulated. You know, Mm -hmm. in WandaVision, it didn't end up being Mephisto is the big bag. It was was smaller. It was was more contained in this small universe. And then Mm -hmm. the same in Falcon Winter Soldier. And, you know, it's it's pointing me in a certain direction with Loki that, you know, I I know eventually Mm -hmm. we're going to get to that point. I'll, I'll let us get there before I... You know, unpack that. Well, I'll, hold on, I'll take I'll take us there right now, and we'll unpack it as we go along through the episode. But I mean, last week, you know, well, for the first first three episodes, I'm saying it's old man Loki. Richard E. Grant is going to be Loki, and then they throw this monkey wrench into my theory, and they mm. give us, you know, old man Loki, but it's classic Loki, Richard Grant, and he's basically just one of the variants in the void. And so I'm thinking, okay, now it must be Kang. No, I, okay, scratch that. I'm still on my train of thought from the first, my, you know, from the first episode where I thought that it's, it's, it's Loki behind all this. And I do, that's where I'm sticking. Um, I think, and I'll talk about why I don't think it's Kang. And, but I'm also, we're sure as hell going to be talking about why they're wanting us to think it's all Kang. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of want to, as we unpack that thing, I, I'm not closing the Kang door completely being kind of like adjacent to anything that we're seeing here either. So yeah, first I want to read a couple of Loki emails and I got one here from Jerry in Niceville. He says, my theory is Loki himself. Uh, older and wiser version. So he's talking about, uh, who he thinks like the main villain is gonna be. The runes in the TVA in episode four are the letters of Loki, hiding in plain sight in the opening letter credits. So, yeah, the runes that kind of look like the glowing red symbols that we see on the wall, uh, behind the timekeepers, uh, he's saying that those are the letters for Loki. Now, I do see two of them, but I don't see all four. Maybe I'd have to go back and watch it, but uh, that definitely could be definitely could be it. It seems that our main character, Loki, would be intimately familiar with, like, Norse runes, though, right? 
Oh, so yeah. you think he'd get there and he'd be like, why is my name on the back wall? <laughs> That's well, a great point. Uh, Agreed. Wait, hold on. Oh, oh, our Loki would be familiar with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He walks in, he's like, oh, I see what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say anything, and then he just, like, finds out where he would hide. Right, like, yeah. Where he would, like, dictate it. That is a really good point. Yeah, I got another email here from uh, Aaron Fiala. He says, first time emailer here, but I wanted to share a theory that if true will likely get people mad... I think the big bad of the series is going to be the MCU, MCU Loki in the future. He has reached his divine purpose uh, and is in charge of time itself. He is weeding out all the other timelines and all the other Lokis that he sees as inferior. A major threat of the series is Loki's nature to deceive and con and how the MCU Loki has changed. How best to highlight this than make him choose between fulfilling his purpose and Sylvie to, to ultimately become the time master he would have to double cross her like wandavision there is no big bad here it's all about loki keeping it short keep up the great pod and that comes from aaron fiala uh yeah i mean we're all kind of like i guess you know me and the previous emailer we're all kind of like thinking the same thing that it is loki you know at that's going to be at the end of this when we get to the final episode um and uh, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with that i want to Unpacking, I think there's a lot more to explore. I don't, I don't 100% know how they're going to handle it once we get there, but uh, we'll talk about the different ways they could handle it once we get to that. Um, I wanted to, I talked, Jake, I think I talked to you about this, and maybe Joe in a chat. I talked to you guys about did I, the hourglass symbol that we've been yeah. seeing. It's been pretty prominent in the series. We see it. Um, as the kind of like it's in the TVA logo itself. Um, and uh, we see it on the elevator doors, um, which I mean, if you're thinking that the big bad here is Kang, then that makes sense. An hourglass, if that's all you're seeing. He's a time traveler from the future and an hourglass makes sense. But if it's a Loki behind the TVA, the symbol could also be the Norse symbol for the day guys. Um, go ahead and look this one up if you are curious, but, uh, the, it's a Norse rune symbol that means awakening enlightenment. And I got, I got this from runesecrets.com. So, uh, <laughs> day guys is a rune of bold change. For example, the burst of light at the moment of illumination. It contains within its energies the experience called Satori, a spiritual awakening experience common in all cultures. Much has been written on the psychology and metaphysics of uniting left and right brain functions. Degas holds dominion over this union and is a tool that gives you great potency for present awareness and future growth. It is reminiscent of the Lemniscate, the symbol of infinity, and the Mobius Strip, timelessness and illimitable potential, as well as an overturned hourglass. So it describes the path, uh, uh, an end of a path and enlightenment. Uh, so death and rebirth, which is very much a Loki thing. Death, rebirth, respawning, survival. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. So I, you know, I don't know that that symbol is basically pointing us to Loki, but it might just be kind of like foreshadowing, kind of like maybe a, uh, you know, this, this, um, spiritual awakening, this change within Loki. 
Yeah, I like this quite a lot. It's a, it's a lot. The the whole Kang thing. It's an hourglass. I mean, I could see it being, but it's just so on the nose and almost silly if that was the case. And I think this is a lot more deeper meaning and just more interesting, even on a emotional level of the Loki we're following. Like he's going through a, a an enlightenment, a spiritual enlightenment about his character. It mm-hmm. could just be something even smaller than that. You know, even if it's not revealed to be a Loki is the big bad. I still like the RudeSecrets.com interpretation more than it's an hourglass. It's Kang. Yeah, <laughs> it could also be. It could also be a stylized infinity symbol because yeah, the TVA kind of logo is um, for all time, always, which yeah. is basically infinity. So it could just be even that as simple as that. Yeah, but I like the fact that there's so many different interpretations that never that keep you guessing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like in, a, a, sim- a symbol of infinity, and also the Mobius strip. Which, I mean, yeah. I guess that, I mean, that can come back. That can definitely come back in, you know, the sixth episode. And we can talk about that later. Another thing I wanted to point out with this series is that it's really come to my attention that there are so many comparisons with Loki's journey that we're seeing in this series, uh, with the same journey that Thor had in Ragnarok. Let me explain. Both characters are taken to a new world. So Loki goes to the TVA. Thor goes to Sakaar. Both worlds were taken over by a dictatorship. The TVA and then also the Grand Master. Both characters changed their look. So we got Loki who's wearing a TVA variant jacket. And we get Thor who gets a new haircut by Stan Lee. And then dresses like a gladiator. And then... Loki ends up on a planet where trash is dumped and has to take on a huge monster in the sky that destroys everything in Alioth. And then Thor also ends up on a trash heap in Ragnarok and has to take on the devil's anus in the sky that destroys everything in its path. So I was just kind of blown away. You know, seeing the comparisons between the journey of Loki here and then also how it mirrors Thor's journey in Ragnarok. It's really funny, too, that you bring that up because when he was being processed, I kind of had that, like, callback to, like, when Thor was captured and they started, like, processing him and, like, putting the the collar on him in the same way. And then they also have the, the sticks that, like, make people just, like, zap them away. Like right. Both of them use that. T- so, like, maybe that's another reinforcement of Loki is that, like, he's interacted with technology like that before with one of his other Lokis or when when he was with Thor and Ragnarok. And so he started using that technology here. Like, just thought of that right now. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's and really Thor crazy. meets um, a, a very sort of, like, bossy woman. <laughs> just like Loki meets Sylvie. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's <laughs> and true. Teams up. <laughs> Yeah. And they team up and then they get on in the end. (laughs) That's really wild. (laughs) (laughs) And the kind of like band of random heroes where like he joins up with the other Lokis and then Thor uses um, Korg and like like some of these other random (laughs) people that they met while they were there. Wasn't Korg holding one of the other creatures just like Kid Loki is holding the alligator? Oh my god, yes, yes. Absolutely. And when Mobius goes back to the TVA, I surely hope he prints enough pamphlets. He needs to learn from Korg. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and don't hey remember in was it in Ragnarok where Thor picks up Loki and throws him at a guard? 
Yeah, they essentially did yes. get help with Alligator Loki. <laughs> well, and then Alligator <laughs> yeah. Loki is thrown at one of the other variant Lokis <laughs> during this battle there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. As a distraction, like, same. Yeah. Throwing a Loki. And he's like, again? And then it gets <laughs> gets thrown. Wow. So, so this seems this seems too much to be a coincidence. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's super cool. It's super cool. Or I like to not be a coincidence. Well, it's crazy. Like honestly, it's like they've taken like some of the same things that we've already seen and they've just repackaged them. And we're like, oh my god, it's it's all new. It's all different. It's like no, you've seen this before. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, welcome somewhere to Hollywood. Out, <laughs> somewhere out there's somebody very cynical going, mm, that's every MCU movie. Bro. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's the the comic comic kinda, book guy I from Simpsons. See it as a positive, like of like you know these are like the journey of the brothers, where like they try to pretend that they're like so different in so many ways, but ultimately deep down inside, like there's like good things happening in there, and so like they're kind of having parallel journeys in a way, and might make them appreciate each other. Like I'm just thinking about the love here, the love that they started to build again in Ragnarok. Let's see. I yeah, do. I know. Maybe it, he didn't die. Maybe he did do the thing where he like transformed himself into a, a box in the corner. No, 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 no. Let's 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 hold on. Let's 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 <laughs> let's save that. Let's save that, and we'll talk about that. Let's save that. Okay. Um, let, I, I do want to. I just kind of want to break down some interesting things and interesting characters that we met in this episode. Um, let's. I, I do want to start off talking about uh, Kid Loki, played by Jack Veal. And uh, one of the things that I thought was super interesting with this was that Kid Loki is actually kind of like the ruler of the Lokis here. And we find out why this Kid Loki, this Loki, killed his Thor. Damn. <laughs> so it's yeah, kind of... I wonder if we'll ever see that story. Uh, yeah, there, well, there's so many different stories that in Marvel that it's like people want to see. I don't know if we'll ever see that, but yeah, killed his Thor. Killed his story. What did you guys, uh, Joe? What did you think about Kid Loki in this episode? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, that was that was a really cool reveal. And then also with we, the way that that um, you know our Loki reacted to him when he's talking to Classic Loki, he's like, "You wear the horns, but why is he leading?" And Classic Loki says, "You do well to respect the boy. You know, we're in his realm, and he's the king here." And you know, I mean, that right there—that's some pretty heavy stuff for one Loki to, you know actively admit about another and then for him to go on and say that he killed Thor. Yeah. Wow. I mean, wow. And and if they really are setting up, you know, some young Avengers stuff down the line, uh, I really hope they do delve into that a little bit more because it'd be really cool to find out because, you know, who's to say that that version of Thor that he killed would have been a good Thor? You know, maybe that was an unworthy version of Thor that had it coming or, or something like that. I mean, there's all sorts of yeah. cool things they could do with that. I was thinking personally, I was per- thinking there's there's a line that he gave when he said, Kid Loki says, whenever one of us tries to fix ourselves, we're sent here to die. And I kept thinking to myself, like, and he's talking about the void. I'm, I kept thinking to myself, like, after he killed Thor, was that kind of like, was that the necessary change that he needed? Like... Oh my god, I can't believe I actually fucking did that and it's not a good thing. And I can't get him back and it's not a good thing. Is that what brought about the change because he says whenever one of us when one of us tries to fix ourselves we're sent here to die. And that's another thing that we learn like you can look at that that young kid Loki killing his Thor and then you also can look at 
classic Loki who's talking to, you know, our Loki later in the episode, and he says something like, um, you know, uh, he he eventually missed. And I want to talk about classic Loki later, but this this ties in. He said he eventually he he got to the point where he missed his brother. And I think like is that is that innate? Is that kind of like is that feeling all is that innate in all the Lokis that like there is like this anger and like this this desire to rule and to be noticed and to you know to outshine others and to be the best. But like it seems like Kid Loki may have went too fucking far. Kill actually killed Thor. Ended up probably that might have been like what was the catalyst for him to change, and that might have been like. What caused his nexus? It, his nexus event might not have been killing Thor. That might not have been the big thing. His his nexus event might have been feeling remorse for what he did, and then getting sent to the void, or maybe yeah, even trying good. to fix it, like trying to break the timeline to go back in time and like say like, maybe I, to, to like not let it happen, and then he like caused. Yeah. I don't know. I like I just I like the thought of just like any Loki trying to change their heart. Ah. Uh, and trying you're not, you're not being Loki enough. No. <laughs> you're trying, right. But... Right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're 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 being very unloki right now, Loki. No. <laughs> and that's what sen- that's what that's what I like to think. But I don't know. We don't know that story. We don't yeah. know that story of Kid Loki. It's kinda like real quick, kinda like almost throwaway lines that you just got to pick up on and maybe try to fill it in yourself. So it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting, but it's just, it's weird that this one kills his Thor. The classic Loki misses his Thor. And I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. Um, I do want to talk about, let's jump into the void itself and talk about like some of these Easter eggs and things that we see here. Um, or do you want to talk about, uh, Alioth first? Oh yeah. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about Alioth. Let's talk about Alioth. There's a lot to talk about here. This is like almost like this is like more uh Kang teases too. Um in the comics he's this huge purple smoke cloud who was accidentally set free by Ravona Renslayer, who recruited the help of the Avengers to then stop Alioth. And then Alioth, like I said, has connections to Kang in the comics. So basically, Alioth's kingdom was like two to three times larger than Kang's. And of course, Kang can't have this. So Kang finds this entity called Tempest that is strong enough to match the powers of Alioth. And that sends Alioth into the, this eternal battle with Tempest. So now that Alioth is eternally tied up fighting Tempest, Kang can gain more power and more rule over time. And so... You know, there's, there's this, there's, okay, so now we've got Renslayer, who's like the love interest of Kang, and now we've got like, uh, Kang's, uh, another connection to Kang here, his rival, uh, in Alioth, and it's just like, I don't know what else they want to, to do here, to, to show us that like, could it be Kang? All these Kang Easter eggs, and, and things like that, I mean, so it's like the Kang version of Kevin Bacon. It's like there's only so many degrees <laughs> you can get close to Kang before it's touching Kang, okay? <laughs> I don't I don't think it's I think we're just being Kang trolled. 
Or yeah. what if it's just like peripheral and then they're going to introduce that like all these things are connected and something else later. Yeah, I right? think, well, I don't think we're seeing Kang in the sixth episode. I think that all these things could be right. Kang adjacent. Okay. Okay. That's what I think too, dude. I think they're like Kang adjacent. Yeah. And like him pulling all the strings for all of the other things to be like to collecting the stones initially is kind of like where we're at with like these this TBA stuff, maybe. Well, let's talk about, let's jump into, let's jump into, oh, Joe, did you have stuff that you wanted to mention about Alioth? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just had one kind of throwaway funny thing that I thought when I was watching it. In, in like, with everything I was looking at online, nobody else said this. <laughs> but I was like, wow, they finally found a way to make Galactus from yeah. Silver Surfer Fantastic Four movie cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just, they just need to put wolf jaws on him. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got to see a fucking face. That's all I'm saying. Yes. You got to see. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait until Feige can just give us a proper Galactus because you know it's going to happen. He shows up 100%. in that purple armor. I'm gonna pass out in my seat. <laughs> like fucking guaranteed. Uh, it's almost like I feel like there's a race between like the Transformers movies and the and the Marvel movies to give us like a Unicron or Kang, or uh, Galactus first. I feel like, like, who, who's gonna do it first? Are we gonna get a full, like, I, cause I gotta see that on screen. Can you imagine going to an IMAX screen and seeing a fucking planet eater and they actually show us, like, the size instead of giving us that bullshit cloud? Like, oh, it'll be amazing. Something yeah, so fucking big. So, so massive. Like, how is that even gonna look on screen? I like, you know, it's like one of those things, like, you keep, how can it be done? How can it be done? How can, how can it, how can, to scale, how can you do this? And I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see. It. I want to know who's going to do it first. Is it going to be, is it going to be Unicron or, or Galactus? I'm dying. Galactus. That's where my money's at. Or they will, will they do an adaptation of Descender and we'll see uh, live action harvesters first? Uh, yeah. That's really similar, you know, big giants that are like planet sized. Yeah, but I don't know if it's going to get the budget or something like a, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Gosh, remember when Cloud Galactus came out, all the like desperate fanboys were like, you can make out his helmet in the cloud. Yes. No, you fucking can't. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. Oh my God. Um, I wish you could, but you fucking can't. <laughs> Let me see here. Let's talk about, I want to dive into these Easter eggs and then I do want to talk about Renslayer in this episode, but there's a ton of cool Easter eggs, Easter eggs in the episode. Um, it's basically anything from a Nexus event that's been pruned. It's just been dropped here. It's like, like it, it, in one of the TBA screens, it has a location of Wrightsville, Pennsylvania. And then in this, in this episode, we actually see an old theater sign with the location of Wrightsville on it. So it's. And what's written on the sign is, is Oswald in the Marines at the bottom. Uh huh. Which apparently um, Lee Harvey Oswald has been in the comics. Oh, really? Yeah. And Wrightsville, Pennsylvania is the home of the largest covered bridge, which got destroyed in 1832, which is the date that was seen on episode four. And there's yeah. a big bridge in the background, so maybe that's hinting at that. Well, there's two. It's two bridges combined. It's like the, the isn't it like the Golden State Bridge and another bridge? Because you can see two different designs on them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, 
Renslayer in the episode, she actually says, when we prune a branched reality, it's impossible to destroy all its matter. Basically, the branch timeline isn't reset. It's transferred to a void at the end of time. So that's where everything is going here. Uh, we see a bu- there's a bunch of lunch trays in a pile in the void. And you can see those lunch trays. You see the Boku adult juice boxes scattered around it, too. So it basically looks like the members of the TVA, once they finish their food, just prune their lunch trays and then send them to the <laughs> void instead, instead of cleaning them. I um, one of those for cleaning. We, uh, I hadn't considered that as the reason all those trays were there. I love it. It's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> I also think that's where they get some of their food. I think that's probably where Kid Loki starts drinking his Ecto Cooler. So uh, the Thanos Copter, we see that. And that was originally in Spidey Super Stories number nine. So we get to see the Thanos Copter in this one, which was ridiculous. Amazing. Uh, yeah, that was fun. We was see fun. Frog Thor, so, so Throg, and he is in a jar that's labeled, what was it, T? T365. T365, which is the first appearance of Throg. And he's jumping up at a Mjolnir that's buried above him. So, yeah. Um, there was a UFO that was kind of like a huge UFO that's in the ground. We saw the Lighthouse of Alexandria and... Which is one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Uh, there's a giant yellow jacket helmet. And Ashley, you said you were reading about this on Reddit. What were they saying about that one? Oh, yeah, that, that was a whole piece of like an alternate timeline, something about how he, when he went to the, um, oh my gosh, why can't I? Quantum realm. Am I blinking? The quantum realm. That like, he might have done some reversing instead of shrinking that he made himself larger. And then like, that's why the huge head is there. And so like, that was just like, that was a, just a wild one. I'm like, that's a big explanation for that. But it, but it's fun to think about, right. Of like all these, like between this and the quantum realm, like the possibilities are like well, almost endless of like what you could put in there. Well, we never saw, yeah, it's gotta be, it's a, it's a variant of yellow jacket. We never saw yellow jacket go big. So this is a version mm-hmm. of him where he did go, you know, yeah. big. And, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, you, we do see Red School's rocket ship, the one that kind of, like, flips the wings, kind of flip around. We see that. Um, and that was from Captain America, the uh, first Avenger. Um, there is a statue of the Living Tribunal, the head. We see it on the ground. And, like, this is, like, our first kind of – um, acknowledgement that they, I, I think it's the first, like, real physical piece of evidence that, like, the living tribunal exists in the MCU in some form. Um, and basically it's like, you've got the TVA who control time, but like, who decides what's right and wrong? That's the living tribunal. And see, that's the thing. There was a previous episode in Loki, and I think it was in the first episode, where Loki is talking about, like, the D.B. Cooper thing, and he's saying, like, you know, oh, and that wasn't wrong. Like, you guys didn't decide to jump in and prune me then. And he's like, oh, we don't really decide what's right and wrong. That's up to – and then he – and then Mobius cuts himself off. And I – like, even watching that episode, I was thinking, like, is he talking about the living tribunal? Like, that's not our branch. Like, that's – that's someone else. Someone else handles that. That's the living tribunal. Like we, we handle time and, and time crimes. We don't, we don't handle what's right and what's wrong. I just thought that that was interesting. Um, 
we see a Kree warship that looks like it's Ronan's Dark Aster from the Guardians of the Galaxy, which Jace called a space rotini in our <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy episode. <laughs> uh, we see a shield helicarrier with the Hydra logo on it. And, of course, it's crashed because even if Hydra makes one, they can't stay up in the air. Um, <laughs> again, we see, uh, you know, we talked about it last week because it was in, like, some of the unseen footage and things like that from from trailers. But we see the Pyramids of Giza and the Sphinx. And so, you know, this is another connection, possible connection to Kang. Because in the comics, Kang goes back into the past to rule Egypt, becomes Ramatut, and then uses a Sphinx as kind of like this time travel device. And... um we also see that same Stark Tower that we talked about last week in the mid-credits scene, and it doesn't have the Avengers logo or Stark on it. Instead, it's got the letters Q, E, and G, which is Kang. It's, it, it, and not spelled the way that we, you know, spell Kang, K-A-N-G, but it is Kang. It's pronounced Kang. And there's also another building that says Kang Park 2018 on it. And in the comics, Kang Industries bought Stark Tower, and you find out that, you know, uh, in that run of the comics, that Kang Industries is owned by a guy named Mr. Gryphon, who's an alternate version of Nathaniel Richards, a.k.a. Kang. Oh, that's awesome. Could we? I, I was like, is that Stark Tower? And I went back and rebought it, and I was like... Oh, it says some other. Yeah, it's not. Okay, okay, okay. So well, it is. It's just an alternate one. It's an alternate they, one. They changed the name like they do with all the stadiums here. So somewhere <laughs> along the way in this alternate pruned. And why are they? Okay, if this is Kang stuff, why is all this Kang stuff getting pruned? And okay, and if Kang is behind all this, why is Kang pruning his own shit? <laughs> Maybe those are timelines where he lost. Timelines where he lost. Okay. Okay. I'll ex- he had a foothold going in New York. He had bought that building from yeah. Tony Stark. And then, you know, shit went sideways. He didn't end up prevailing. So it's like, oh, you got to get rid of this. Yeah, fuck, I fucked that up. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to think about mistakes? that ever again. <laughs> mistakes? What mistakes? Goes in the void. He just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No mistakes. We get the uh, the shot of that huge warship, the USS Eldridge. Uh, this is actually part of another urban myth called uh, the Philadelphia experiment. We've all we've yeah. talked about the you know previous uh, urban myths with the Polybius machine, the arcade machine that we see with the Lokis, but this is uh, uh, from the Philadelphia experiment. So supposedly it was equipped with tech uh, that was going to make it invisible to radar, but it really ended up disappearing. So this supports the myth that it ended up here in the void. Oh, that's cool. Does anyone else think the dude at the the the, the railing looked like Daniel Brühl? <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> the guy that comes and he's actually looking at the cloud. I was like, that looks like the looky likey for the, that episode. It looks like Daniel Brühl. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Well, in a previous <laughs> in a previous episode, they're in the lunch. I think yeah, they're in the lunch, the cafeteria, and behind them, it looks like the person sitting down has like silver hair and it looks like in the cafeteria of the TVA it looks like Ralph Boner oh wow <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed that episode but I'll, I'll try to find a screenshot of that one I think it, I think it's yeah. in the cafeteria 
Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, the Polybius machine. That was, what about, did you guys see like, what was it called? Like Space Mission? It was like that arcade yeah, space game. Space Mission, it's from 76. Yeah, it's actually, it was a board game and never was made into a arcade game. Is that correct? No, it's just a pinball. Oh, it's a pin. It was. A, it was. A, I thought it was a board game. That that. Okay. No, I looked it up. I nearly went down a rabbit hole of people who like uh, collect pinball machines and rate them and everything. So yeah, that's. Uh, mm. Interesting. So it's from '76, but I think it's you know they they pick things very specifically. I think. Yeah. So that's quite interesting because I mean the whole the whole Polybius thing is about men in black and data collecting and yeah things that cause things that cause like psychoactive and addictive effects. Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a question: Do we think, or do you think, that some of these Easter eggs that we see here could be played out in future movies? It's possible, but I think a lot of the Easter eggs are very much referring to the comics, which they know a lot of people haven't read. So it's almost like if they are doing a lot of Kang ones, it's almost like they're trolling the comic book readers rather than people following the cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah. I think there's another one, which is the pizza, pizza car. Yeah. The, the license place is GRNW1D. Yeah. Which they think refers to Mark Grunewald, who's one of the artists. One of the artists, yeah. Yeah, I saw that one as well. And there's also in the TVA, uh, it's got, you know, like, uh, art, like art on the walls and you've got art of the timekeepers, you've got art of the Minutemen and all this. And then some of like the, the hunters and Minutemen, one of them looks like it could be possibly this Grinwald guy. Yeah, and I think they say Stan Lee appears in that artwork as well. Yeah. And the artwork itself is very reminiscent of like communist Russia and North Korean propaganda. Yeah, which kind of is like the hermit kingdom and very sort of that's like places that truth isn't told either so i thought that was quite an interesting choice of artwork yeah it's interesting especially the coloring yeah, as well cool. is very red and black mm -hmm. too so it was very workers unite <laughs> mm -hmm. and there's two references to oz oh god You've got the man behind the curtain, yeah. which um, yeah. says. And also Kid Loki's throne has got lots of like giant bits of candy on it. Do you remember when she arrives in Oz? The um they singing oh, We yeah. Represent the Lullaby League and they're holding those big lollipops and stuff. So Okay, yeah. Um also the uh if we're going with Wizard of Oz, um the Asgard that classic Loki creates looks a lot like the Emerald City. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I got those vibes mm -hmm. from it, too. Yeah. Especially yeah. with, like, the green smoke, like, around, like, of his enchantment or whatever that is. Like, so, so cool. Let's talk about, I do want to talk about Renslayer. She was interesting this episode. Um, she doesn't, it's, from everything that it looks like, she definitely wants to find out who's behind the TVA. She doesn't even know. Yeah, I took her face value at that, too. For a second, I was like, maybe she's just saying this to kind of, you know, lull Loki into not paying attention to what she's really doing. But after a rewatch, I really do think she has no idea who's behind it and would like to know. Could yeah, she? I, I think I think that's the only thing she's saying that actually is the truth, mm -hmm. is Correct. that she doesn't know actually who's behind it. And she's just been going through the motions because, you know, as far as the TVA goes, she's the one that's in charge there. But, you know, she doesn't really know why she's, you know, who she's doing this for. 
Yeah. And, and I think her telling Miss Minutes, you know, oh, they're in danger, and that's why I want to find them. Mm, sure. Last week we did talk about, um, we did talk about, uh, you know, like, Loki getting with these, this, these, these, you know, other variant Lokis and then pre- starting a war with the president Loki and all that. And it, and it kind of happened. We kind of saw that happen within this episode. Um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought that, uh, our, the, the Lokis that we got to know were a lot more interesting than the other Lokis. Um, we didn't really get a chance to spend with them and they were basically like their costumes were made from just like, it looked like shit that just fell into the void. Like some of them had like fucking like lunch tray hats and shit. And I was lunch tray helmets or whatever. And it was just like, okay, um, these it guys looks like the armor that you get in like the first 10 hours of playing fallout. They're like, here's a lunch tray chest plate. And, uh, uh, yeah, use this fork. This is your weapon. And here's a pipe. And there you go. <laughs> like wasteland stuff. We get, uh, I do want to talk about classic Loki and like some of the things that he talks about during this episode that I found super interesting. He tells the story about how he avoided death by Thanos. So basically, I guess like they all eventually get killed by Thanos. And he goes on to say that he cast a projection so real that Thanos, the mad titan himself, thought it was really him. And he then hid as inanimate debris. And uh, the writers basically have acknowledged a, a real fan theory from Infinity War. And th- th- there's this theory from fans that Loki didn't die, um, that it was a, a projection. And when you watch that scene in Infinity War, in the background of that scene, you see the, this floating debris. And fans were saying that you can see that this debris look like it could be Loki horns. And so people were saying there was like a huge group of people on Reddit and on the internet that were saying that Loki did not die. And so it was this debris and that was a projection. So what they did was like, that's of course not what happened, but they took that fan theory, that real fan theory, and they included it into the backstory of classic Loki. And I thought that that was cool as shit. Yeah. And the thing as well, then he demonstrates how good that projection is because he leaves it fighting. Oh yeah, he and leaves people it. Actually, making contact with it, so you, yeah. you feel like maybe they want to bring Loki back into the main storyline again, and this is the best way of doing it. Um, is they it, are retconning a little bit. I are you talking? Okay, classic Loki. You're talking about bringing him back? No, bringing back Loki into it but because he knows that's what Loki did. He can say that's what happened. He'll use that as an excuse to get back to that timeline. Mm-hmm. That he didn't necessarily do that, but he can say, oh yeah, I disguised myself. I don't think it like, at the end of the day, I think what ends, what ends up happening at the end of this series, I don't think he's gonna have to answer to anyone because I think the TVA is gonna be destroyed. You see what I mean? Yeah. Like no matter how, like, like there's no, like, nobody in charge of time that's gonna say, well, you can't go back into your own time now. It's more like an explanation for everyone else on that timeline. We thought you were dead. Oh, I did this. He might, that would be funny if he tries to explain everything in the TVA and they just think he's full of shit. And then he's just like, fine, I came back as debris, you know, like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, oh, damn, we knew it. And like somebody gives you 30 bucks because they're like, I knew he was hiding in that box. The classic Loki is so fucking 
cool. Like I, Richard E. Grant was so good in this episode. I loved him. Agreed. I think that he can laugh like him in the face of danger. uh, (laughs) Oh yeah. I loved that one of the lines that he said, um, because it comes back in this episode. He's talking to Loki. They're you know down in that that little like um, bowling alley kingdom that the kid Loki's got, and um, he tells Loki, our Loki, he says, "Blades, the blades are worthless." In the face of Loki, so in in the face of a Loki sorcery, and he's talking about how powerful their magic can get. And you know, we've seen Loki use the blades, and like this Loki's like, it's he's all about the sorcery, and like, and that's what we see him do at the end of this episode, like conjure, like this amazing you know visual of Asgard. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a scene later where you know Kid Loki gives. Our Loki, his Leviathan blade. And Loki's gonna, you know, create this distraction. And Eliath is gonna, you know, attack. And Sylvie's gonna try to enchant Eliath. And Loki's gonna cause this distraction. And what's Loki do? He pulls out the Leviathan blade. And he's just like, oh, fuck this, this ain't gonna work. And I think in his head he remembered, like, what classic Loki told him the blades are worthless in the face of a Loki sorcerer and he's going to join her to try to you know enchant Elioth together because that's where their real power is and and like you know Lokis don't know how powerful they really are and like that's what happens in that moment they kind of they join hands and he had that enchantment power within him now you can say like oh he did that in Ragnarok well not this Loki this Loki had never done this before he never went that far the one in Ragnarok that did it to Valkyrie, that, you know, you know, kind of like pulled memories out of her mind, had never done anything like this before. Any form of enchantment. So I just thought it was really cool, man. Like, Loki's kind of like unlocking his powers, too. Which is super dope. And like Thor. Huh? Thor unlocked his thunder power oh. in Ragnarok. <laughs> I, was, I was so like, I was so into like Loki shit that I didn't know what you were talking about. My, I was confused that, as well. That's the, it's it's the fun part about ADHD. But here we are. My <laughs> was like, oh, when Thor unlocks his power, Loki's unlocking more of his power because the thing about like Thor didn't feel worthy, right? And there's a worthiness there too. And like that I'm not good enough or I'm not as powerful as I realized. And so it's Loki also, all of them, right? And realizing how, how powerful they really are. And if they join together, like what that can do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I feel like, I feel like I haven't let Joe or Kay talk here. Joe, you got anything to say? I apologize, sir. Oh, no, it's okay. I mean, you, I've kind of been going down my notes as you've been talking. And I, I, I haven't I haven't had anything that you haven't already covered yet. But um, <laughs> w- with The Void, I guess the one thing I would say is that um, I, I just loved that place so much. Um, I'm a huge fan of Easter eggs in these shows. Yeah and, yeah. and when they can find a way to do them organically to where it really fits into the story and it, it doesn't feel glaring at all, it's great. And I think that The Void was just such a perfect device for that because it's like – where else would you have found a way to put in a Thanos copter? Yeah. You know, in, yeah. in a show that is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this show's got silly moments in it, but yeah. Thanos copter silly? That wouldn't have worked any other way. And it's so cool that they found a way to, to put something like that in here. Yeah. And, um, yeah. dude, with the Richard E. Grant stuff, like, you know, the first glimpse of him we get in, at the end of episode four, like, it, 
it's it's cool to see the classic Loki costume, but just seeing it without really any movement or anything else with it, like it, it almost looked like an old dude wearing a diaper. And then for <laughs> it to come back around and, and for him to just so embody that character in, in everything from from the way he delivered the lines to to the laugh at the end. I mean, it was it was just perfect. Yeah. He, he was a real revelation in that character. And for them to keep finding so many different actors that can pull off this character so well. I mean, we got Sylvie, Kid Loki, Classic Loki, and, and our regular Tom Hiddleston. It's like, what, what a fantastic collection of actors that the MCU has been able to bring in you know, for this show. And yeah, I think, I think kid Loki, it was weird for me to watch it because it was, I'm, I'm not knocking the actor at all. I think that the, I think his dynamic would be better around other young Avengers is basically the point, ultimate point I was going to make. Cause I think that personality around a bunch of other young actors would would he would really shine because it was hard honestly between all the Lokis our Tom Hiddleston Loki boastful Loki um who I loved and then and then classic Loki I think like he was like the least impressive as far as like what we got uh, from the Lokis if that makes any sense I'm just saying like but I would love to see as dynamic around a bunch of like other young superheroes around his age because he seems like so like kind of confident and and strong-willed and i just don't think it would work well with like other kids who are very like you know rebellious and shit still kids yeah <laughs> yeah I, I kate bishop point. he really didn't shine next to a bunch of adults and I, I think you're exactly right you put him next to a bunch of kids his age that yeah. are completely different in personality and that character is really gonna really get a punch through the light there yeah i think that that's where that if, if they decide to bring kid loki into the universe somehow which i think they should try to find a way um or a version of kid loki i think they should try to find a way i think that, that you know he could really shine around a bunch of other young kids um let's talk about mobius uh mobius this was interesting mobius says uh you know as he's you know coming across like these other variant loki's he says um, he's come across a lot of different Lokis, but doesn't remember an alligator Loki. It could just be a throwaway line, but it also could be another hint that there's another Mobius analyst, Mobius analyst yeah. out there possibly. Um, uh, because, you I know, I just think it's funny is that how do you know he's a Loki? Is it, well, he's green, isn't he? <laughs> and he's, and he's wearing, he's wearing the helmet. <laughs> he's green and has a helmet. So. <laughs> well, even our Loki was confused that he was a Loki and then he was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. I'll I see it. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought that that was interesting. Kind of like when he's talking like he doesn't remember an alligator Loki. It also made me think of like, uh, the scene in the office where he doesn't remember like leaving all like the, the drink rings on the, on the, mm. ca- on the table. And, um, so that maybe there is another Mobius analyst that's doing this as well. Um, cause there are Mobius clones in the comics. I also want to point out that there's a scene from a trailer that hasn't made it into an episode yet. And it's a shot of Mobius. And so at the end of this episode, Mobius uses a temp pad to go back to the TVA. Well, this shot is Mobius in Renslayer's office and he's holding one of those, um, uh, pruning batons. And he's in her office. So, yeah. So, uh, that'll be interesting. Who's he going to be using that on? 
Renslayer? That would be uh, my guess. That's the easy <laughs> guess. I mean, I don't think he'd be sending himself back for any reason, but you never know. No, I, you know, I'm just, I gotta ask the question, Jake. We're doing a oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, of course I think it's Red Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure he's using it to threaten her to try and get some information out of her. Yeah. And, yeah. and I wonder if that's where we'll get the reveal that, you know, they've done this dance before. And, and either he's had his memories wiped or, or they just went and pulled a different version of him as a variant or something like that. Do you think he um, sends her to the void and she gets eaten by Elioth? Oh, that'd be wild. It's not <laughs> a li- like the proper Indian. I could see that totally. <laughs> Eli- you know, Eliath is not, Eliath isn't dead. He's just enchanted. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's totally possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also from scenes that are in the trailer. I'm not spoiling anything, guys. You can watch these trailers. There is a uh, scene of Loki uh, that looks like he's also made it back into the TVA at one point in the next episode. So there's a shot of him in the TVA, a shot we haven't seen yet, and uh, he's got a cut on his shoulder, and that's the same cut that he got um, in episode four, uh, and he hasn't returned to the TVA since. And so there's like also a clock with multiple hands on it behind him. So it looks like Loki at one point in the next episode should make it back to the TVA as well. Let's talk about the kingdom at the end of time. Um, at the end of the episode, we see a huge castle off in the distance path, uh, past Eliath. And you see part of the structure has a glowing light on it. Um, kind of like a lighthouse at the top of this you know, castle. And this is located at the end of time, which in the comics is where the timekeepers rule. Um, I also want to point out that in the background, there's a piece of floating debris and it's floating upwards. So remember classic Loki story about surviving Thanos, how he became a piece of floating debris. Is this classic Loki? Could Classic Loki possibly have survived and made his way here. Could Classic Loki, right before he died, I don't know, could he have could he have cast a project, projection of himself and then made himself into into debris and and found his way into into the kingdom at the end of time? I hope so. I, I would love this not to be the last we see of this character. So that would be fantastic if he had the foresight to debris it up before uh, before his end. Yeah, maybe that's why he was laughing. Uh, or I don't. <laughs> what do you think, Kay? I think he's gone. You think he's gone? Do you think? Do you think that? I think he's gone. You think, that, yeah. but you think that the you think the people that were that were writing this that did that? Do you think it's kind of like we're gonna we're gonna throw in this piece of floating debris just to troll a little bit? <laughs> oh, just- totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like literally, they're designing it, and they're like, "This is gonna be." They're gonna be like all the memes on Reddit. <laughs> about this piece of floating debris, adding here right yeah. now. You're gonna see this picture, and you're gonna see like people are gonna be circling it in red marker yes. and throwing yes. it up on Reddit. Yeah, it's totally happening. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get, like, I don't know. Like, that might be one of those things, like, they might just put a pin in it. And, like, later on down the road, if they ever want to bring him back for any reason, that could be the explanation. But I don't think that we're going to find out in the next episode. I think it's a little too much. Like, oh, classic Loki just shows up at the end, too, you know, to help them out, you know, and defeat them. I don't think that's going to happen, so... Yeah. <laughs> you thought I was gone, but I was debris. <laughs> <laughs> we had seen, we had, we had actually in, in previous, like in this same episode, there's like, there's a scene with Sylvie and she touches, you know, like the, like, I guess like one of the smoke arms of Elioth early in the episode. And, um, I think it's like right when she's getting ready to run into like the pizza car with, um, with Mobius, she touches like a little part of the smoke and she gets to see like a vision and we do see like, and it goes through really quick um, of this kingdom at the end of time. And it like takes us like off. <laughs> it's this huge kind of like rock that's floating in space with a castle on the top of it. And like back when th th there was a shot of this, like in one of the early trailers from back in like late June, wait from May, no, a trailer from May 5th, excuse me. And they added, they sense uh, added on June 28th, a bright glowing yellow light to the top of the structure. And so now it matches with what we see in this episode, this lighthouse that we see at the top of the castle. And if you look behind that rock in the screenshot, you see this long kind of like bluish white cosmic line behind it, this straight like horizontal line. And I'm guessing that that's the actual sacred timeline that we're seeing. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. And that could be, like, the one thing that the TBA are actually telling the truth about because we'd kind of, like, propose that maybe that was made up, too, that no one would be able to define what was and wasn't the sacred timeline. Right. So that would be really interesting that it, it would be a thing that actually existed. Uh-huh. So are Loki and Sylvie going to kiss and that thing's going to fucking blow up? It sounds very plausible. But guys, think, okay, and hold on. Uh, let me put a pin in that. Let, let me put a pin in that. We'll get to that here in a second. Cause like, I do want to talk about, um, some of the, some of the things that we've seen in trailers that they haven't, that we haven't seen in an episode yet. We, there's a shot of, of the castle and, uh, Loki showing up to like the front door of it and it has golden cracks, uh, throughout its walls. And then there's a shot from the trailers that does show the inside of the castle. There's one with Loki walking through like a corridor. Um, and then there's also a scene where Sylvie's kind of like doing this like acrobatic, acrobatic fighting move. And, um, behind her is like this library of books and there's a couple of pulleys. Um, and those scenes also have like the same golden cracks as the exterior of you know, uh, same golden cracks that we see like at the exterior of the castle. It's also in the interior, these golden cracks. It's almost like I told Joe, Joe, I told you it looked like maybe like this castle had been put together by magic, but I don't know. I don't, I can't explain what those golden cracks are to be quite honest with you. 
Yeah, I mean, is it is that like some sort of fighting that's going on like towards the end of the third act of the episode? And so like everything's coming apart as a result. And so... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because we kind of seen that in other representations of when like a, you know, like a big spell or something like that's coming apart. You know, it starts cracking apart and golden lights spilling out of the middle of it. Yeah, but it's also happening like right when he shows up, it looks like at the doors that's of this castle. That's a good point. So like it's like that... I wonder if that place just is like crackling with energy yeah. all the time. And, and it's like, you know, it just looks like cracks right here because we're seeing a still shot of it. You know, like if you were to take a photograph of lightning or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think I keep thinking like maybe, okay, what if this is Kang? It's all Kang adjacent. Maybe it is all timekeeper adjacent. Maybe at one point in time, the timekeepers were in control of everything. And Kang was one of the timekeepers. Um, and he, Somehow this fucking Loki, if if there is a Loki in charge of everything, brought everything crumbling down to its knees. And then he rebuilt it with magic in his own kind of like image. Because we do see there's a shot that we haven't seen yet um, from from trailers. And it's a shot of our Loki in a throne room, this huge, elaborate throne room. And it somewhat resembles Odin's throne room. But it's not an exact recreation of Odin's. It's got like, cause it, it looks different. It's, there's a lot of gold, but behind him in the same scene, there's like these flags that like have the, like they're, they're green flags and they kind of represent Loki himself. And so, and there's other people in there that look like as guardians. Um, maybe that's like, you know, people that variants from Asgard that he's made part of his court that just have to like worship him. And, um, I, I think it is kind of like, I think it is our Loki. And I think once our Sylvie sees that the Loki that's in charge of the TVA is a version of our Loki and realizes that maybe it's a Mobius loop where this just continues to cycle and happen. So like maybe she believes that our Tom Hiddleston Loki will defeat this Loki and then take the throne for himself. And then the loop just repeats. And uh, hold on, hold on. But there's a lot of different options that could play out here. Loki and Sylvie could kiss and destroy the whole thing because in the previous episode, Mobius said like, you know, he's never seen a branch like that. And if you, t- you know, if you guys did that again, you could bring down the whole TVA. And guys, like, they literally just kind of like touched hands in the last one. Imagine if they fucking kissed. I don't know if that's going to happen. Or our Loki to prove himself to Sylvie could just sacrifice himself. And it would be a like, kind of like, he'd be like, he could sacrifice himself. I I kept thinking like would 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 Sylvie turn on our Loki and try to take over it herself? I don't think so. I don't think that she. I think that her intent on everything is to bring down the TVA because even Hunter B fifteen when she was talking to Renslayer in this episode, Renslayer said like what did what did you get from her when you guys were like connected in that enchantment? What did you, what does she want to do? And she said revenge. 
So it's all about revenge. I think she's all about taking down the TVA. But I think there will be this awkward moment if it is a Loki, a version of our Loki that has somehow become the head of the TVA and is controlling the sacred timeline. If it is, I think it's going to fuck with Sylvie. She's not going to. Yeah, go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry. I, I think that I think you're on to something here. I think episode five to me foreshadowed that our Loki is going to do something that's very disappointing to Sylvie when they have that whole conversation where at the end he makes the blanket for the two of them and he's kind of explaining to her that he's learned from past mistakes and he wouldn't let her down and those kind of it's like why have that speech if everything's just going to go status quo and he's not going to let her down I, I whether or not it's him or an alternate version of him that messes with Sylvie's brain I don't think a relationship is going to work out between the two. And I honestly, my gut feeling is that our main Loki is going to be the one to mess that up somehow. And she's going to realize it's just kind of like a Mobius loop that's going to keep repeating unless she does something here because she's the only different variable in this version of everything that's happened. The only thing that I think it's maybe, I don't know if this has happened before, like that Loki that we see on the throne in the next episode that particular Loki might have killed his predecessor Loki, and it just keeps repeating, Jake. Yes, and Loki keeps keeps making the wrong decision, and Sylvie herself, even though she has developed feelings for this Loki, is going to have to kind of splinter this loop. Yeah, yeah. And and didn't they even like mention that it was a couple times? You know, when he was talking when he went into the void. And is talking to the other Lokis, and he's like, she's different, she's special, she's different, she's not like us. Yeah. Like, emphasizing yeah. that, so she, yeah, she may be, because this is the other vibe I'm getting, I don't know if you guys are picking up on this as well, but I'm also getting vibes like she might not make it out of this series, right? So, like, maybe that would make a lot of sense if she has to be the thing to break the cycle and maybe sacrifice herself or something in the quest to do so maybe she has to sacrifice herself here's the thing though jake it's like i don't it's like a part of me doesn't want to believe that our loki would do that because like in the scene with boastful when it's a funny scene in the scene where we find out that boastful loki has sold out our loki's to president loki and then president loki says "Uh uh-uh that's not i know that was our original deal but you know fuck that I'm I'm still in charge of my army, and this is my kingdom now. And then all the other Lokis start pointing blades at President Loki. Loki, we get a shot of our Loki, and he, like, rolls his eyes. Like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So is our Loki completely over this? Is he over this whole ruling? Has he seen his future? And he's just like, you know... Like, that is not my glorious purpose. That is not my glorious purpose. Like, and it was a beautiful moment for classic Loki, right before classic Loki. If he did die, and Kay, you believe he did die, he says, glorious purpose. And it was so fucking cool. And so it's like a lot of glorious purpose throughout the whole series. In the first episode, when he first escapes, he's like, I am Loki, full of glorious purpose. And he just gets bumped by the TA. Right. Um, TBA. And then when he meets Boastful Loki and Loki, Boastful Loki is like, what, were you were you completing your glorious purpose in a really sarcastic way? So it's been said in lots of different tones and mm-hmm. throughout the whole series. Well, and it, well, he first mentioned glorious purpose, I believe, in the Avengers movie. 
Oh yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. It's like it's, yeah. it's, a, it's an ongoing theme of his. That's his quote. I am located yeah. for a glorious purpose. So. Right. Uh, yeah, I drive with what you're saying, Brian. But I think that's what's going to make it all the more heartbreaking when he makes the wrong decision. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I more think that that there is some merit to the way that they wrote that. That it does come off as a joke, but with our Loki rolling his eyes at him, I took that as a a way to 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 say that he is beyond that and he's seeing the futility of these other versions of himself that haven't seen the futility of it yet and they're caught in that loop of you know betraying and then being betrayed and and i also joe i also keep thinking to myself of like what mobius said mobius said that you guys could bring down the tva if you guys just did what you did and it did and it did that i mean do it again you could bring down the tva all they did was really touch, man, and, and have feelings for one another. Imagine if they kissed. And I'm saying this because Kate Heron has vehemently like denied the fact that there's a romantic relationship between those two. And when a lot of people involved in Marvel projects deny things, they're lying. Russo brothers. I mean, guys, I don't, I don't know. I, I, and we're yeah. watching a show called Loki. So anything could happen. Anything could happen. Joe, yeah. you yeah. could be right. Loki may have changed. Jake. My thought is. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Say, my thought on it is that it's, it's going to be something in the end where there is like a, a completely evil variant of Loki that, that is this one that's, that's running everything. And it's probably going to be pretty tough for them to fight him. And our Loki's going to be put into a position where he can either take that one out and take everything. And it's, you know, quite tempting to do that, to be the king of all time. Mm-hmm. Or he can do the thing that he knows is right and help Sylvie instead. And and that's what's going to be the thing that's going to break everything. Um, but I, I'm a... Admittedly, when I get wrapped up in these shows, I, I tend to want to have my cake and eat it too. <laughs> and, and I and I, I could see how like a tragic ending to this would also be good, but but yeah, I, I'd like to see some sort of but see an ending. I, I don't want to see Loki go back and, and be a betrayer again because I I feel like he he should have gotten past this and in in that stuff that you brought up that they did here with all the other Lokis. It was like I felt yeah. like that was a such a big signpost. Right. I thought it was a little bit strange that when he was having that heart to heart with Sylvie under the blanket and she was bringing up, how do I know that, that you won't betray me? It's curious that nothing was brought up from him saying, well, how do I know that you won't betray me? Yeah. And if she's burning for nothing but revenge, it's like for, for me, that's, that's where the, I, I think the bigger one might lie is that we don't know if, if Sylvie's going to be the one doing the betraying or not yeah um, i just I, keep I going to worry about mobius in that same regard though too when he said that he's gonna go back to the tva he's gonna burn it down yeah it's like he delivered that line kind of weird man so well, no hold on go back character go back going in go back to the first episode when loki is apprehended by the tva loki tells mobius that he's gonna burn the tva down yeah, and so that's kind of my my hope is that okay, he's just repeating that line back to him. Yes, that's a hundred percent. First yeah. episode, mm-hmm. it's like because Loki's like, I'm going to burn this place down. He's like, Good, you can start with my desk. <laughs> you know, so it's like I was. It's like okay, hopefully. It's just but he says that Loki that. was the spark, so it's like yeah, and like Loki gives him this hug, and like there's all you know, there's all these things. Where like Mobius, it felt like Loki, L- Mobius was just there for a handshake, and then Loki like is like, oh no, you know. um you know, uh, 
brothers got a hug. What was that line? What is that from? <laughs> I can't remember. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm I'm terrible with quotes, but um, yeah, the, the one thing that I keep thinking that we have to see is. We've seen it in screens, you know, we've seen it in like these monitors in the TVA where it's, we see this, it looks like a flat line. It's just, it's, it's the sacred timeline and we've seen it. And then we've seen like when Sylvie does what she does, or if Loki's touch each other, we've seen like a branch, um, where we've seen multiple branches from Nexus events. What we haven't seen is this timeline do it in real life. And I think, like, that's what we're going to be seeing here in this final episode. I don't know how it'll happen. I don't know if Loki, if Lokis are going to kiss or, or what, or what causes, uh, this insane Nexus event that won't be able to be stopped. But I keep thinking that we're going to see in live action the real sacred timeline fucking branch off and go nuts. And maybe is that what's going to create the multiverse of madness that we're going to be led into with the Doctor Strange movie? I definitely feel like um, this will be very much a lead into that Doctor Strange movie. Like I, I definitely feel that vibe. Sure, but here's the thing, Jake. In that one, in that one shot where we see the rock that has the hole in it, kind of looks like a donut rock or something. And at the mm-hmm. top of it, we see the castle with the glowing light. Whoever's behind the TVA is on top of this rock that's floating out in space. And behind it, there's this long white light that looks like it could be the sacred timeline. I don't think by the end of it, that thing's just going to be sitting there. I think that we're going to see some action fucking come out of that timeline by the end of this thing. I agree with that. There's going to be some big event that happens, and that could even tie into what the fuck are those yellow cracks and those one shots, whatever this big like event of power is going to be, whether it's the destruction of the timeline and the opening of multiple timelines or or just some chaotic event. I, I think you're definitely correct there. There's going to be a catalyst here that's going to spin off into big things later. Yeah. What do you guys Okay. All right. Ashley, I want to get your thoughts on everything. At the end of the day, um... Is Loki gonna be bad? Is Loki gonna is, is Loki gonna Loki or is Loki gonna change? My heart wants to say that Loki grows and changes and doesn't. I actually really like the concept that he actually does keep his word, right? We're expecting him to betray. He doesn't, and then Sylvie betrays him. That I think is really a fascinating concept where he's like, No, I'm gonna keep my word, expecting then people to keep it to him. Right, because now you're like I'm here. Everybody else should be, and then she. That that is a really cool theory, and I also love the idea of uh, us seeing all this stuff start happening. Like it feels like almost like a little Spider Verse when like you open up all the things and like things are like weird events start happening. Yeah, like, but how many times in the '90s show Blossom when we thought her older brother had stopped drinking, and then we fucking have an episode where he's fucking like drunk in the bathroom or some shit? You know what I'm saying, that Jake? Motherfucker. Yeah, that motherfucker is like yeah. Is Loki going to go full older brother blossom on us, Jane? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've, I don't want to be right. I really think Loki's going to Loki. I would love to be wrong, though. Yeah. Like, it would warm my heart to be wrong on this. I'm not going to be proud of being right. That, so that's where my gut is. Is Sylvie going to have to kill Loki? I think so. So is Loki going to kill? So Loki will kill Loki. And then our Sylvie's going to have to kill that Loki. 
Yeah, because I really subscribe to the kind of the Mobius loop thing you're saying. I, and I think the loop is is that once Loki kills that Loki, he becomes that Loki, and it just keeps happening over and over and over again. And you have to kind of splint that circle. And I think Sylvie's going to be the one to do it. You can't stop the Mobius loop is what you're saying. Well, I think you can, but I think it's going to take Sylvie doing something to really... No, the Mobius, the Mobius loop of just Loki's doing what they're doing. The only variable oh, here is yes, Sylvie. That one. Okay. Loki, yeah. Loki gonna Loki. Loki gonna Loki. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Loki gonna Loki. <laughs> uh, I, I think he's gonna face a tremendous temptation. Yeah. And, and being so mm-hmm. close to this Loki that just came from the Battle of New York, and, and we've seen all this tremendous character development recently, I think that that temptation is going to be, you know, very, very tempting, but I think at the end of the day he's going to resist it. What about and, oh, what and bring everything down instead? And I think that itself would break the Mobius loop because if there's no TVA out there going and searching for these Lokis and then pruning them and sending them to the void and giving them mm. a reason to know of, even know about the TVA. I mean, Loki didn't even know about the TVA until they went to him. And so if you break that loop of TVA showing up in Loki's life, then you know, it stands to reason that maybe none of this would ever happen because how's he going to know about the TVA if they don't interfere in his life? And if they're not there to interfere, it never happens. Oh my God. It's like chicken or the egg and the TVA exists just to prune Loki's and all of their mistakes. <laughs> so like you need one without the other. Yeah. And every once in a while, you know, they pick a Loki that's strong enough that he makes it all the way through the maze. He deposes yeah, yeah. the Loki at the end of time and then it continues. That's fine. Okay, I'm not letting you off the hook. I gotta know. I'm not. You, you've got. <laughs> I've got to know. Is Loki gonna Loki, or is there gonna be? Is it gonna be changing? I'm not letting you off the hook. I gotta know. I think I'm actually with Ashley on this one. I think he's gonna trust, and he probably shouldn't, because he he keeps making sacrifices so far. Like I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stand and fight this. We're gonna do all these things, and. You know, so far Sylvia's gone along with it, but I think maybe, maybe it's a mistake. <laughs> we will find out next episode. Joe, anything oh, no. in in your notes that we uh, that we didn't cover? No, nope. Uh, I think I think we pretty much got it all. Uh, we did, but we don't because there's one last theory that I think <laughs> is just kind of. <laughs> Possibly insane. I, I think I might know which one you were talking about. <laughs> the Baron Mordo theory. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, I got this. I got it. I got a couple articles here. I'm going to read the one that I got from here from Inverse.com. Loki finale theory reveals a shocking Doctor Two strange cameo. One theory speculates that the TBA's leader may not be who most fans expect either, but someone who has been noticeably absent from almost all Loki speculation in recent weeks. The man behind the curtain. Uh, at this point, most fan, most Loki fans seem to agree that the TBA leader will be one of two people, Kang the Conqueror, or an evil Loki variant we have yet to meet. The Disney Plus show's numerous Kang-related related Easter eggs have led many to believe Kang is the powerful villain behind the TBA, while the series' central themes of identity suggest that it'll conclude with Loki and Sylvie coming face-to-face with the worst possible version of themselves, both candidates would frankly work for the story Loki has told up to this point. Okay, they go on to talk about Baron Mordo, played by Chuetel Idiot 4, 
he made his cinematic Marvel Cinematic Universe debut in 2016's Doctor Strange, where he became a close mentor and ally to Stephen Strange before making a last-minute heel turn in the film's closing moments. Mordo hasn't been seen since his villainous appearance in the Doctor Strange post-credits scene, but he is set to make his return in next year's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. With that in mind, it wouldn't be unwise of Marvel to try and remind casual MCU viewers of who Mordo is before his appearance in that film. Trading and running the TVA wouldn't be out of the character for Mordo either. In Doctor Strange, Mordo is defined by his strict adherence to the laws of reality and rules of sorcery. He turns against Strange and the Ancient One when he finds out they've both tampered with time travel, and he abandons his fellow sorcerers to rid himself of what he sees as their crimes against reality. Later in the film's post-credits scene, he announces that the world has, quote, too many sorcerers and vows to personally correct that problem, all of which is to say that creating the TVA, an organization dedicated to maintaining strict order throughout the multiverse, easily fits in with Mordo's whole persona. And so, um, here's a couple of things that kind of support this theory. Showrunner Michael Waldron wrote the script for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Also, in this episode, while they're in the void, we talked about this earlier, we see the statue of the three heads of the Living Tribunal. And, if you remember in the Doctor Strange movie, Baron Mordo mentions the Living Tribunal in Doctor Strange. When they train, he shows him the staff of the Living Tribunal. And that's not all. One of the Easter eggs that we did not mention... In the void is the Sanctum Santorum. If you go back and watch it, one of the things that you'll see in the void is Doctor Strange's Sanctum oh. Santorum. And it looks like it's destroyed. Like it's, you can make it out, but it's in there. So, with all this that I've kind of thrown at you, does the Baron Mordo, uh, theory sound as ridiculous? No, it doesn't sound ridiculous because he's he's always in green as well, and there's a green light where they come out through the clouds. So I think use of color could hint at that, but maybe that's just an extra troll. But if everything's getting set up for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, it would make sense as well. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, talk to me. I could see how it would work in the overall sense of the MCU, uh, but just the way that these shows have been more localized. I just I don't I find it harder to believe that it's going to be somebody that we've you know hitherto not seen any mention of in in this series, um, mm-hmm. you know because everything with Kang yeah it works out well this this stuff with Baron Mordo especially you know with with Michael Waldron also penning the script for for Multiverse of Madness it, it all fits and it all mm. could work you know but so could so many of these other theories that we had on these other shows and at the end of the day it always came down to no it was self contained to within that series but remember it's like kevin feige said like this is the this is the one show that's gonna you know connect it's it's the most impactful that's gonna and it's true it sounds like feels like it'd be such a heel turn to at the end of the episode now you're introducing something that's i mean really coming from way out of left field and yeah it works in the overall sense of the mcu but does it work in just this self-contained series loki that out of nowhere 
in the sixth episode, you're going to bring in a character from a Doctor Strange movie. And, and there has been no, no other hints leading up to this that, that, that Mordo would be in there. You know, it's like, is it possible? All he has to do is, all he has to do is give us his fucking like, you know, Bond villain speech. (laughs) That's all he has to do, Joe. That's all he has to do. I was watching as a piece of debris. (laughs) 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 It was, it was Karen all along and it was just like him in the background as a chair and then him in the background is like, I'm mean, towards what Joe's saying. I, I think it's very plausible, but like very unlikely. I mean, what's Loki as a character's reaction to entering the room and it's Mordo? Yeah. Like, is there any reaction? Does Loki know who this character is? Does he have knowledge of what he's doing? Like, well, I mean, we could a get a James Bond speech. It, well, people could make people could take that shot of like Loki not acknowledging him, not knowing who he is. And then also, uh, you know, pair it with uh, the scene of Thanos, not knowing who the fuck, uh, you know, the Scarlet witch is in, you know, in Endgame. I mean, I'm all, I'm playing devil's advocate at the end of the day. I don't think that it's Baron Mordo, but I do think that it's interesting that that there's a few things that we can kind of connect here. You know, if you want to, if you want to go down that road and try to connect these things and make it Baron Mordo, you could definitely say like he is a he's a stronger third option than. Uh, it's not completely crazy. Yeah, it's not complete. I don't. <laughs> You know, if, if Mordo's it, yeah. motivated on removing sorcerers from the equation, I mean, I guess that stands to reason that he'd want to prune as many Lokis as he could because they're mm-hmm. sorcerers. Right. right. Yeah, because he said too many sorcerers, and he got the references to the wizard a lot, so he's the wizard beyond, you know. The yeah, but then why aren't we also seeing lots of variants of Doctor Strange in the void? Yeah, or like mention. Yeah, because like when, when Feige says something like that, what it what it says to me is, that they're going to break the timeline. Like, this is going to crack open the idea, idea I agree. of the multiverse, yeah. right? And, like, as a... Because, like, cause like, imagine a casual viewer or, like, somebody who's, like, maybe just trying... Just watches the movies, but they started watching these shows. Like, even then, they might be even kind of confused of, like, wait, who is this? <laughs> Yo, and, yeah, I mean... <laughs> but, see, if we're going to go by that, Kang is going to make less sense than even Mordo. Isn't true? True. Yeah, because nobody in the MCU has ever seen this guy. I think that I think Kevin Feige has taken a page out of the Joe Quesada book, where he's just like every event is just going to change the face of the Marvel universe. You know, with every event, that's what Joe Quesada was saying, and I feel like <laughs> fear itself will change the face of the Marvel Comics universe. Yeah, I feel like Kevin Feige is just taking a page from Joe Quesada, and you know, even if it's just a Disney Plus show, that's what he's going to say about it but i agree with you ashley 100 percent. that at the end of the day this is just going to basically kind of be like the the spark of like opening these timelines and these different what's going to happen what's going to happen to all these displaced kind of variants that are in the void by the end of this thing <laughs> where do they go good question maybe the void itself doesn't disappear I'm not saying, I don't even, I'm not saying that the, the, the place at the end of time is gonna disappear or whatever. I don't think it would. Like, I don't what, do, what do they do when they don't, when they can like exist? Well, like yeah, Kid Loki exist. said that he wanted to stay there and so did, you know, they like, they want, and classic Loki was ready to stay there. 
but and like who all is surviving there it's all pretty much all loki's like everybody else that gets introduced there i think like mobius at one point would if he did not come into contact with like sylvie or something like that this thing would have like Eliath eventually would have got him you know, I think like you're. I agree with that. You're, he's the guy. Yeah, you're basically like your your best strategy if you're fucking Mobius is to like hook up with some other Lokis. That's the only way to survive. They're they're they're, they're survivalists. They're like fucking like that Bear Grylls dude out in the fucking nature and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god! I one more episode, guys. It's yeah, I'm so very excited. Exciting. Okay. Um, I'm still on this of picturing Bear grills in the void, like, <laughs> picking up pieces of, like, a live shit and squeezing water out of it. Now I'm going to be drinking Loki piss. I should have shown you how to hunt those those birds with little heads. Mm. <laughs> like, you got to be careful. Don't try to decapitate them, because the heads are not connected to the bodies. It'll just go right through. Exactly. You right <laughs> pound for pound, there's more protein and vitamins and in insects than chicken or beef. <laughs> Did you just like look up a Bear Grylls quote, Joe, or was that off the top of your head? <laughs> okay, what's that? Did you just look up a Bear Grylls quote? I used to watch the shit out of that. Show. You'd always say, "Pound for pound, there's more protein in insects than chicken or beef," and that was his justification for just chowing down on insects. And, it's like, and I'll starve to death, bud. I'm gonna eat five pounds of cockroaches. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. and then Ugh. he'd remind you about how much protein you're getting. Oh god, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> That's disgusting. I uh, guys, I, I we haven't rated this one. We do have a rating system here on PCL, and I do I do want to know what your ratings are. So uh, if you if this is your first time listening, uh, here's our rating system, which is not pulling up. Here we go. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Uh, this gets another Tupperware from me. Like, this is, uh, I think, between, you know, this this whole series, I think it just... I mean, I think it started off great, kind of had a lull there with episode three, in my opinion. Like, and at the end of the day, when I, when I gave that episode a high taste it, I did say that, like, you know, future episodes might make that episode a Tupperware. I don't think, I don't think the next episode or this episode really has kind of like strengthened that third episode for me. I just think it's kind of like a middle of the road, kind of, you know, taste it, high taste it territory. But I think these last two episodes have been, Two of the best Marvel television episodes I've ever seen. And so I give it a Tupperware. Absolutely loved it. Kay, what do you think? Oh, definitely a Tupperware. There's just so much to mine from it. <laughs> Peep, I'm telling I, you, I yeah. Just, the, the, the reaction the Loki had when the alligator bill off his hand, it's just worth it. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Hold on. His, his scream, it reminded me of... Oh, I can't even do it. It reminded me of that goat scream that you see. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, like the, the Taylor Swift goat, like. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I I like had to. I actually at one point in time got to that part and I pulled up that goat screaming and I would play it kind of like at the same time and it was uncanny. <laughs> That's excellent. Uh, okay, uh, Joe, what what would you rate episode five? Yeah, it's a total Tupperware for me too. Jake. 
Oh, yeah. It was a complete Tupperware. Um, I, I just love the Easter eggs in this episode so much. Um, seeing Throg might be my favorite Marvel Easter egg of all time, honestly. That was great. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Ashley, what'd you think? I'm also going to give this a Tupperware. Like, while I haven't, uh, well, I haven't been, it hasn't been as consistent as I like have felt with some of the other shows Mm -hmm. this episode felt like a comic book on the screen right like with all of these characters and the come to life again like making putting classic loki in that outfit and then by the end i was like had just crazy respect and was like yes get it get it with your like that is just a really impressive feat i think and uh yeah it was it was a hell of a lot of fun with all of the variants and all of those pieces we've never gotten to see that before um so i i did have a lot of fun with this episode and i am looking forward to seeing what how how they're going to end it and i hope they land they hit the landing i do too i it'd be a shame if we didn't get to see classic loki again oh god it would be a goddamn shame i love classic loki give me a fucking disney plus series of classic loki i would watch it yes (laughs) or or you know i could actually see them doing a like what if season two and we get a classic loki episode who's your classic thor Oh fuck! That's good. Yeah, that's hard on the spot. It is. <laughs> like, who would who would fit that role? I love the idea of the what if season two. That'd be the perfect place to find out, you know, how Kid Loki killed Thor too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do some of these like what if stories? Yeah, with with some of these characters, I think it'd be interesting. Oh my god. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this one up. Oh my God. Had a lot of fun, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week and it will 100% be a Loki bonus episode for the season finale. Can't wait. And we will see you then. See ya. Later, y'all. See ya. Bye. Come on, Joe. Bye. Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all bad. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are originally good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and give a shout of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap.
Toxic trinity. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Clean and race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture push over. Pop culture. Leftover. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Be sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftover. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture push over. Pop culture. Leftover. I'm cool, kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.